Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show. Coming at you here live Saturday morning, March 5th. Thanks for joining us. Uh, a lot going on, lots to talk about. Excited to be back on. And uh, it seems we found a nice little time slot here Saturday mornings most of the time. Uh, we'll be talking throughout baseball season. May move it, you know, depending on what schedules look like. Maybe a Friday morning over the summer, maybe a Sunday morning, depending upon uh, what Saturdays look like. But uh, I think for the most part, we're going to settle it nice this baseball season, Saturday mornings here on Blog Talk Radio or anytime on iTunes. So make sure you tune in there. Download, comment, rate, subscribe to uh, the, our iTunes channel, and uh, we do appreciate that as well. Uh, phone lines are open for the next hour or so at 347-838-8088. That's 347-838-8088. Or if you're listening to us live, uh, the chat room's open as well. Jump in there, post any questions, comments, anything you want to talk about. We'll have some fun in the chat room as well. Don't forget, go over to rotoballer.com. Check everything out there. Very exciting stuff happening for the guys over at rotoballer.com. And listen to the other show I host with my... Uh, good friend, Real Talk Raft, the Roto Baller Fantasy Sports Show. That is Tuesday nights at 9 here on Blog Talk Radio, also available on iTunes, uh, DraftValet.com, and, and all the other great sites that uh, I've done some work with and, and associated with and have friends with. Uh, you know the routine. So uh, so that's what we got going on. And now today, <clears throat> what we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to focus on the National League and the National League pitching staffs. Last week, we covered the American League, uh, went through a lot of the staffs, gave my thoughts of where these guys stand when it comes to fantasy relevance. And then uh, I re- released through uh, social media my rankings of the best American League staffs, 15 through 1. And we'll do the same thing today with the National League. And I do think the National League has better pitching. I think especially top-heavy when you look at some of these National League pitching staffs, they're better than the American League staffs. You know, last week uh, I expressed my love for um, for the Cleveland Indians pitchers. Uh, I had some love for the White Sox, assuming Carlos Radon takes the next step this year, which is, is up for debate. But if he makes that step, I, I like the White Sox a lot. National League's a different story. I think there's, there's more sure things. I, I think the Mets pitching staffs – as anything, health permitting, you could say that for any team. Uh, Mets pitching staff is, uh, could be dominant. The Cubs pitching staff could be pretty dominant as well. Dodgers still have Clayton Kershaw. Added Scott Kazmier. That's going to be a pretty good staff. The Giants add Jeff Zimarja and Johnny Sueto. That should be a good staff. Uh, so they're a good pitching staff. The Cardinals, Waka, another season of Carlos Martinez. Can Jaime Garcia stay healthy? Wainwright is back. Could be a very good staff. So there are some very good pitching staffs. In the National League, uh, Granke to Arizona, along with Shelby Miller. So, so you know, uh, it's going to be a little tougher to decipher uh, the top staffs in the National League. So uh, much more pitching, I think, in the National League this year than the American League. And let's get right through it, to it. And, and we'll start with the Dodgers. And the reason I start with the Dodgers is because they have the best pitcher in the game. Clayton Kershaw, hands down the best pitcher. Now, I've talked about him a lot uh, since we started running the baseball show. He's worthy of a first-round pick. In my opinion, he's the only pitcher worthy of a first-round pick, just not somebody I would select with a first-round pick. My own personal preference, I want a bat in the first round. We talked about that a few few shows ago, how I want the offense early. However, that staff looks good to me. Okay, Now, there's some question marks. you got Kershaw at the top. you got Scott Kazmier, 
recently brought over. They're free agent signing, and I think Casimir is a pretty underrated pitcher. You know, he's his career has been fascinating. He was out of baseball for a while, um, but last season he put together a, a nice deal, a nice season. Dodgers signed him to a three-year contract in the offseason, so they have high hopes for him. Um, two years in a row now, though, with Casimir, you've seen his numbers fall off in the second half. And and it goes back to me years ago, years ago, when he was a young kid drafted by the Mets, traded to the Tampa Bay Rays for Victor Zambrano. I mean, we talk about a terrible trade. But the report on Casimir was he's not a big guy, and Will he hold up? Six feet tall, a buck eighty-five, right? Will he hold up? Now, Casimir is only thirty-two years old. We've seen now a couple of years in a row where he has kind of dropped off in the second half, August, September. I don't think he's someone who can last the two hundred plus innings that is expected. Now, the Dodgers of a number two starter. Fantasy baseball-wise, though, he is going to be very, very good for you in the beginning of the season. Okay, he is going to put up solid numbers. Now you look at what he did last season between two teams. He's given you he gave you over seven and a half Ks per nine, less than three walks. ERA finished at three ten. That's two seasons in a row now. Two thousand fourteen with the A's, he gave you seven and a half Ks per nine. Two thousand thirteen with the Indians, his comeback year, he gave you over nine Ks per nine. Keeps the walks down. Strikeout rate is acceptable. Okay. He's going to win 10 to 12 games for you. I think this Dodger team should be okay. I'm not crazy about it. I don't know if I don't know if I don't think they're going to be a poor team. I just question whether they could keep up with the improvements the Giants and the Diamondbacks have made. But Casimir slates into that second spot. I would expect 7 to 8 Ks per 9 innings. Again, the walk rate you know is going to be less than 3. He's going to give you solid numbers. Brian Kershaw, definitely a mixed league option in fantasy uh, uh wise. Kenta Mahida the, the the Japanese import. Now, yeah, these guys are always question marks. He's 28 years old, right-hander. Okay, expectations have him at about eight Ks per nine innings. Again, a, a good walk rate, about two walks per nine. Somebody's going to draft him in your mixed league. Take the chance. Okay, take the chance on this guy. I, I think he's worth it. Here's where the Dodgers staff falls off a little bit, though. You go Alex Wood. Now with the injury, Brett Anderson back surgery. He's going to be out four to six months. He was very good, underrated, under the radar for the Dodgers last year at the back of the rotation. He was an NL-only option that pitched well, a deeper mixed league option. So you lose him now, and now you've got other guys coming in. Alex Wood, uh, uh, Eugene Rue, does he come back from the shoulder? How does he throw? Bolsinger pitched okay for them last year in spurts. Brandon McCarthy, who they signed last offseason, he had Tommy John surgery. Who knows when he comes back? All right, then you've got some of the young kids, Julio Urias, uh, uh, Cuban pitcher. He's a top prospect. You don't know when you're going to see him. So when I look at this Dodgers staff, you know, Kershaw's a no-brainer. Kazmir, mixed league, my advice on Kazmir, I'm going to say the same thing about Kazmir I said last year. Ride him while he's hot, and then about the all-star break, see if you can move him. See if you can move him on somebody who's not realized that he tails off down the stretch. See what you could get for him. Okay, take a chance on Kenta. Alex Wood, Rue, Bolsinger, to me, right now, I'm not, they're not on my draft day board. They're free agent, they're waiver wire fodder, they're NL-only options uh, um, for the Dodgers there. But this is a pretty good staff. I, I mean, when you have Clayton Kershaw, 10, 11 Ks per nine, I, he's one of the few pitchers you can make a case for that 
his ERA will be less than two runs a game, that he'll end the season with an ERA of one point something. When you can make that claim, you know you're the best. Okay? You know you're the best. That's the, that's the end of the conversation on Clayton Kershaw. All right. New York Mets. I'm going to try to put my, my, my Homer views away and, and see where I would see. Look at this a little more objectively. And from an objective point of view, this staff is tremendous. <laughs> There's just no way around it, folks. You have four pitches, potentially. And, and, and I'll get to the reason I say four in a second. Four pitches who all, I project, at eight to nine strikeouts or more a game. And that fourth pitcher is Steven Matz. You know, people underrate him. Um, they, they, what, this is not a soft-tossing lefty here, folks. He's not a soft-tossing lefty. He's got a terrific changeup. His fastball is 94 miles an hour. Okay. Uh, the curve is more than average. He's got an okay curveball. If he gets the changeup to work to go with the 94-mile-an-hour fastball and the curveball, he is not a fourth or fifth starter like some people want to say he is. He has ace-type of ability. Now, on this team, he's number four. You drop him on some other teams, he's op- he's pitching opening day this season. Okay? He's got to work on the changeup. If he gets the changeup down, he's a stud, an absolute stud. I mean, this is a guy who last year for the Mets, in six starts, struck out 8.5 per nine, walked two and a half, pitched with 227 ERA. Okay? You dip into his minor league last year in AAA for the Mets, he went 7-4, and four, K'd 9.37 per nine innings to a 2.19 ERA. Okay? Before he got 2012, 2013. I mean, this is a guy who at times in the minor leagues has struck out more than 10 batters per nine innings at the, at the lower levels. He can strike a batter out. He's very good. And he's their fourth starter. And that's why I ranked the Mets as the number one staff in the National League. Not because of DeGrom and Harvey at the top, but because the depth in the back. The depth in the back. Steven Matz is your number four starter is, is tremendous. Now, last season he had some lat issues, some back issues. He missed some time. Pitched in the World Series. They limited him a little bit to five or six innings. Gloves will come off a little bit this season. We know all about the top of that rotation, though. We know Jacob DeGrom is tremendous. Okay. He, uh, nine, ten strikeouts per nine innings. A little bit of an unknown when he came up as a rookie of the year. He wasn't the, the, uh, the prospect that a Syndergaard or a Steven Matz were, but we saw it two years in a row now. Last season, 14 and 8, 9.6 Ks per nine, coming off a rookie year where he had 9.2. He hasn't had an ERA over 2.7 yet. He's tremendous. Matt Harvey. You know, this might be Matt Harvey's last season in New York. I don't know. I don't care. Win the, win the World Series and you're fine. Matt Harvey, I think, is the front runner for me to potentially be a Cy Young candidate, maybe win it. You put him, Matt Harvey's in the categories of the Kershaw, the Grankies, and the Jake Heredias. Okay, comes off the Tommy John surgery last year, looks good. We know there was drama. You know what? The drama's out the window for me. Game five of the World Series, he wanted the ball. I mean, it bit him on the ass a little bit, right? They lost the game, but he wanted the ball. So, so I'm not worried about that. Last season, nine Ks per nine, basically. 2013, over nine Ks per nine. Strikeouts, never had an ERA even close to three. He's tremendous. Noah Syndergaard, I think he's got the most talent of the bunch. He throws the hardest. The guy's a beast. 
Um, I look at the Grom, Harvey, Syndergaard. If you want to draft any of those guys as your number one starter on your fantasy team, go for it. DeGrom and Harvey are already there. Syndergaard's a little bit more of a projection, but 10 Ks per nine innings, he's going to win you games. This is a super Met rotation. Bartolo Colon will start the season as the fifth starter. He's interesting. Did you know he led the league last season in, in, uh, in whip? He doesn't walk anybody. Doesn't walk anybody. Now, the problem with uh, Bartolo Colon is he's going to get hit every now and then. He's going to give you two or three good starts in a row. Start number four, he's going to get lit up. We know that's going to happen. 14 wins last year. Doesn't really strike out that many. Okay. But his walk rate, his walk rate led the league with a 1.11. He doesn't walk batters. Hasn't averaged two walks per game since 2011 with the Yankees. Okay. He's won 15 and 14 games each of the last two seasons with the Mets. ZRA's been about four. So he's a low-end mixed league option. He is a very good NL-only option. And then Zach Wheeler comes back for the Mets. They're hoping July 1st. That's the projection giving him 15 months of rehab and rest after surgery. So he'll come back, and he'll strike out eight batters per nine innings. Provide then the Mets, the Grom, Harvey, Syndergaard, if they're lined up for a playoff spot. Skip a spot here. Skip a start there. Wheeler will eventually be the fifth starter. Cologne will slide to the pen. Spot starts here and there. So keep an eye on those guys. Now, prospects are kind of gone there for the Mets. The one guy who might get a spot start here and there due to injury is Rafael Montero, who was a top prospect. He missed basically all of last season with an injury. Keep an eye on him in an NL only or a daily game if he needs a start. Uh, somebody has to miss a start for some reason. Montero has a chance to be that guy, and he could give you decent numbers. He uh, opened up the spring schedule for the Mets, got hit a little bit against Washington, but he'll be there, uh, middle relief or, or on the short bus ride <laughs> from Vegas to New York. Chicago Cubs. Chicago Cubs right now may have the, the, the second-best pitcher in the National League in Jake Gorettia, who has now put together two seasons in a row. And, you know, last week when I talked about the American League and we talked about uh, the Baltimore Orioles and, and you know, having to, to sign Giovanni Gallardo to have some semblance of a top of a rotation, well, my God, don't they wish they never gave up on Jake Gorettia. Gorettia is still only 29 years old. In fact, he'll be uh, 30. I think his birthday's tomorrow, March 3rd. Uh, March 6th, I'm sorry. So so he'll be he's still young and still tremendous. Two fantastic seasons in a row for the Cubs. Comes along in 2014, goes 10-5. and five. <clears throat> More impressively, though, the 9.59 uh, K rate, K per nine, the 2.36 walks per nine, uh, 253 ERA. And you say to yourself, all right, Jake Aredio was very good in 2014 for the Cubs. Thank you. You know, but you looked at his career. You know, you looked at 2013 between two clubs. He pitched to a 4.78 ERA, <clears throat> seven Ks per nine. 2012 with the Baltimore Orioles, he went three and nine, six two ERA. 2011, he went ten and eight, a 5.05. So you didn't see this coming. What you did see, however, even through those lean years in Baltimore. You know, 2011, he struck out seven batters per nine. 2012, he struck out 8.5 batters per nine. So you saw this K rate floating around. The question was, can he lower the walk rate? Because in those years, he was walking over four batters per nine innings. That's going to kill anybody. Well, he put it together. In 2014, he lowered that K rate to 2.36. He lowered it even more last year. Last season, 22-6, and 9.28 Ks per nine. 
1.89 walks per nine. His ERA dipped to 177. He was untouchable till the postseason, and he admitted he tired a little bit there. But he carried this Cubs staff. He is a second-round pick. He is a number-one option for your fantasy roster. Um, he's got a few years left in him. Now, here's the problem with Jake Aredia, or really any pitcher who puts together that magical a season. I, I can't find it realistic. I can never say he's going to win 22 games and pitch to a 177 ERA. Uh, it's just not, it's not feasible. I don't see how that's feasible. You know, a realistic regression may come with Aredia, and it's still going to leave him in elite status. 18 wins. ERA of two and two point three, two point four, and and you'll take that. So so that's the problem a little bit with Aredia is uh, there's going to be a slight regression because he was so so dominant down the second half of the season. It's almost impossible to maintain. John Lester is there with the Cubs, followed by John Lackey, Kyle Hendricks, Jason Hamill. They have Adam Warren, who they uh, picked up from the Yankees in the Stalin Castro trade. You know Lester. I am not a big Lester guy for fantasy purposes. I'm just not. <sighs> He's got issues. You know, we know he can't hold the runner on, so if a guy gets on first, they're basically on second if they have any semblance of speed. Um, he, To me, he's not an ace. He's not, an, and I never viewed him as one with Boston. You know, last season for the Cubs, finished 11-12 and 12 on a super... How do, if you're that good, how do you finish 11-12 and 12 on a team that won 97 games? It was K-rate was solid, 9 Ks per 9, 2 walks, 3-3-4 ERA. Didn't really give up many home runs. Um, you know, so, so he is what he is. And that, to me, is at best a 15-win pitcher. Uh, an ERA of about 3, 3.5. Decent K-rate, 8 to 9 Ks per 9. He's averaged 9 Ks per 9 over the last two years. Uh, a couple of years before that with Boston, he was down in the seven, so he's upticked his K rate. Okay, but to, don't draft him as a one. To me, he's, he's a borderline number two fantasy starter. I'm happy with him as my third starter potentially uh, uh, out of Chicago. Okay, I, I I'm not in love with the guy, and I just never have been. Eight to nine Ks per nine, good walk rate, just doesn't seem to win ball games. I, call me crazy, but I know we don't chase him. But if I have the number two starter on a team that should win 100 games, I, I want somebody who can win more. And I've never seen him win more than 15. I think he's won more than 15 games once. Okay, he, to me, he's very bullpen dependent. And, and that's a bit of an issue for me. John Lackey, this is a stealth signing by the Cubs. You talk about a veteran pitcher. He's gotten himself in terrific shape. If you look at him now compared to a few years ago, he has thinned down tremendously. 37 years old. Okay, 37. He's not a young kid anymore. But you look at those numbers last year. For the Cardinals, 13-10, and 10, struck out seven batters per nine. His ERA was tremendous, the low it's been in years at 277. Doesn't walk batters. Okay, when you look at him in 2013, he walked less than two, 1.9. 2014, between two teams, he walked 2.14. 2015 with the Cardinals, 2.19. So he doesn't walk batters. He's going to win you 10 to 15 games again with this Cubs offense. Could maybe win more. He's a different pitcher than he was with the Angels. He's in better shape. He walks less batters. His strikeout rate has kind of stayed about the same. Okay? His ERA last season was one of the best ERAs he's had. And he's pitching in a division. He's going to go against his Cardinals. But he's also going to pitch against the Reds. He's going to pitch against the Brewers. He's going to pitch against the Pirates. Pirates, okay, offensively. Reds and Brewers, not. 
So he's got some matchups there in, in the NL Central that he could pitch to and have some success against. Okay? Kyle Hendricks, the fourth starter, surprising Kyle Hendricks. Don't, don't, don't fall well asleep on Kyle Hendricks. He's a guy who strikes out about eight batters per nine innings and, and, and pitches well. He settles in very nicely as a fourth starter there in Chicago. Okay? He came along in 2014, midway through the season. He started starting games. His ERA is high, 3.95 last year. Okay? But with the addition of, of, of Lackey, uh, Hendricks slides down a little bit. He slides into that fourth spot in the rotation. Okay? What I like is the big jump in K rate. In 2014 for the Cubs, he struck out five, a little over five batters per nine innings. Last year, that went up by three. Went to 8.35. Walk rate is still good, about two two walks per nine. ERA closed in at four, not great. We know that there was a big jump in ERA, but but that could correct itself. His FIP was a little lower at three thirty six. Okay, a fifty one percent ground ball rate. Okay, home run uptick a little bit, but he's won seven and eight games each over the last two seasons. K rate's gone up. He is a deep mixed league option, a a must NL only option. And you could probably get him at a decent price in an NL-only auction. So he could be a sneaky play. Jason Hamill, like I talked about, Adam Warren, they fill out that rotation. Washington Nationals. Washington Nationals, we know they are top-heavy, and they do have talent near the back end. They do have talent near the back end. going to be interesting uh, to see what that talent does. Now, we know about Max Scherzer. He's in the stratosphere of the Kershaws, the Harveys, the Grankies, the Aredias. Okay, we talked about him. He's a second-round pick. He's an ace. Steven Strasburg is there as well. Now, Strasburg struggled early, had some injuries, but the talent is there. I'm not worried about Strasburg. Kind of uh, like any pitcher, does he stay on the field? Okay. Uh, the fastball didn't have this, the velocity on it early. It did come back. He had the oblique situations. Over his last 10 start stretch to end the season, he struck out 37% of the batters he faced, pitched to a 1.9 ERA. One, when he got healthy, okay, he was fine. He's going to slide potentially in some drafts because of the way he struggled. Okay? When he went on the DL in May, he had a 6.55 ERA. People were considering dropping him, doing whatever. Came back, down the stretch, he was lights out. Somebody who's not listening to the show, though, was going to look at Strasburg's 2015 and go 11-7, 346 ERA. I need better out of my ace. But I'm telling you, you're going to look at this guy's 2015 and you're going to say 10.96 Ks per nine innings. Let's round it, 11 Ks per nine. Less than two walks per nine. A FIP of 281. Okay. Uh, 42% ground ball rate. He was terrific. Less than one home run per nine innings. He was fine down the stretch. He had to get healthy. Two DL stints. First for a neck. Second for an oblique. Once he got healthy, you saw it down the stretch. Ten games of pure dominance. Think about that. Ten games for a ten-game period. 37% of the batters he struck out. That that's That's scary good. That's scary good. 
Invest in him. Invest in him. Invest in him. Don't worry about injuries. Injuries happen to everybody. Invest in Strasburg. God will invest in him. Gio Gonzalez. Uh, Similar to Kershaw, Gio Gonzalez scares me. To me, he is a whip killer because of the walk rate. And, And that becomes a concern. Okay, Geo last season went eleven and eight. It's been a long time since he won twenty games in twenty twelve. Okay, let's start with that. He won twenty one games in two thousand twelve after winning sixteen and fifteen uh, the two seasons before for Oakland. Twenty thirteen he won eleven. Twenty fourteen he won ten. Twenty fifteen he won eleven. And all of those seasons, he has never pitched to less than three walks per nine innings. When he came over from Oakland, he was at four walks per nine. He's loaded a little bit in Washington. He's about three and a half walks per nine. Strikes out a nice amount of batters. Last season was about eight and a half. His ground ball rate went up to about 54%. But because of the walks, he carries a high ERA. Last season was 379. The season before was 357. Okay. But the whip hurts because of the walks. He's going to win you 10, 12 games. He's going to give you some Ks. There's no denying that. It's going to hurt your whip. Not, not, uh, banished on my mixed league team. But not somebody who I'm going to say I need to have, not somebody I'm going to say I'm going to count on. Okay? There are red flags about Gio Gonzalez. Okay? When you finish off that uh, Nationals rotation, Tanner Rourke is back in the rotation after losing the spot last year when Max Scherzer was signed. I am not counting on Tanner Rourke's 2014 when he won, I think, 15 games and pitched to an ERA of, like, two-something. Last season, you saw that ERA jump over four. I think he's somewhere in the middle. Useful, deep, deep pick, deep mixed league option, NL-only option. Joe Ross, uh, Tyson Ross of the Padres' brother, he's another interesting play. Uh, Deep option there, in my opinion. NL-only option is fine. Uh, You know, there are things about Joe Ross you don't mind. Okay, 25% swinging strike rate is a nice number. Eight strikeouts, two and a half walks per nine. You don't mind them. Sneaky play. Again, not somebody I would hinge my season on, but somebody who could help uh, in a deeper league at the back end of your rotation. Keep an eye on prospect Lucas Giolito, top prospect. He could come up at some point and help. Yosemio Pettit, A.J. Cole, a couple of guys who are going to be hanging around there. Uh, as well to pick up a spot start or two for the Nationals. St. Louis Cardinals, all of these teams, I think all of these rotations are excellent. Understand that. I am high on all of these. It's going to be a lot harder to uh, to rank these staffs. I really do believe that than it was the, Nash- the American League. Wainwright is back. Wainwright is an ace, not coming off an arm injury. You saw him come down the stretch and pitch a little bit in relief, uh, showing that the Achilles was healthy. He'll pitch opening day for the Cardinals. I think you're going to get him at a good value because he's coming off the injury and potentially get an ace on your hands uh, when you draft him. Somebody else may be thinking the same thing, so you may have to go a little sooner than you would have liked. But Wainwright's tremendous, and he's never been anything less than that. So keep that in mind about Wainwright. You know, last season, uh, when you look at 2014, his last healthy season, he went 20-9. and nine. 2013, he had 19 wins, strikeout rate about between 7 and 8. ERA is always below 3. Last season, like we said, the Achilles still pitched well, though. 
you know, when he pitched, I think he pitched in seven games, he pitched to a one six one ERA. So the Achilles is healthy, the arm is healthy. You're getting ace like numbers out of Adam Wainwright. Feel comfortable drafting him. Mike Leak. I can't invest in Mike Leak. I can't. I know the Cardinals did. They paid big money for Mike Leak. I view Mike Leak as an innings eater type of guy, not a strikeout guy. He's not going to strike strike out many batters right now. But just because a team spent big money on somebody in free agency doesn't make him fantasy relevant. You know, and, and, and it seems in every draft somebody does that. You know, I, I feel the same way about Jason Hayward. Just because the Cubs paid him like he's uh, Willie Mays doesn't mean he's Willie Mays. Okay, Mike Leak is what he is. He's, a, he's a, uh, not a strikeout pitcher. Okay, most of his career, his carries per nine has been in the fives. Doesn't walk many batters. Pitches to a mid-three mid ERA. Puts the ball in play. You know, if your team is injured, if you, if you beat up a little bit on your fantasy roster and you need somebody to fill a spot start, okay. You know, maybe you want Mike Leak on your roster and you, and you stream him when he's playing Cincinnati or Milwaukee. I get that. But I'm not going out of my way for him. There's more upside later in their rotation with guys like Mike Walker and Carlos Martinez and even Jaime Garcia, who's tough to trust because there's a guy who's injury prone. Okay, but at least Waka and Carlos Martinez, you're looking at pitchers who could give you eight, nine Ks per nine innings, keep the walks down, okay, win some games. Waka was very good last season, super prospect. Okay, 2014, he had some shoulder situations. 2015, last season, he came back, and he pitched well for the Cardinals last year. Won 17 games, seven and a half Ks per nine, less than three walks per nine, 338 ERA. And Carlos Martinez, we've heard about Carlos Martinez for a few years now. We've waited for it. He came in last year. Now, again, he got injured down the stretch. He missed some time with a shoulder. But last season, he put it nice together. I had him I had him actually in an NL only last year. And, and I think I got him for a dollar. That's not going to happen again. But for a dollar, I got a guy who won 14 games, struck out more than nine batters per nine. He always walks a little bit. Three is the magic number. He had more than three. Pitcher with 301 ERA, though. And was as steady as could be all season. Didn't have to worry about him. Jaime Garcia, the lefty, tremendous talent, just always injured. Always injured. Makes tough to invest in Jaime Garcia, uh, especially in a mixed league unless it's very deep, just because you know you're going to potentially lose him. Marco Gonzalez, Tim Cooney, guys like that floating around to fill in and spot starts and, and the such. San Francisco Giants. Well, they have an ace. They have a guy we've talked about, uh, Madison Bumgarner. He's a top of the rotation guy. We know that. Stud, 9Ks per 9 innings. Tremendously low ERA. He wins you 18 games every season. You love Bumgarner. They've made some interesting moves to fill that second and third spot. Is Johnny Suedo the guy from the Cincinnati Reds who we've seen dominate? Was it the Johnny, is Johnny Suedo the guy who went to the Kansas City Royals and was eh? Or is he the Johnny Suedo of the Kansas City Royals in the postseason who pitched very well? I think Johnny Suedo is going to be very happy back in the National League. He's not the ace, which sometimes that helps a player. Okay. But Johnny Suedo, I have confidence in him, and you're going to get him potentially a little bit cheaper than you could have because people are going to remember he struggled at some point last season after the trade. You know, last season he finished 11-13 and 13 with an ERA of 344. 
Strikeout rate was at uh, about seven and a half. Walk rate, though, was still tremendous, less than two walks per nine innings when you combine his two seasons with Cincinnati and Kansas City. But this is a guy who the year before, in 2014 with the Reds, he had almost nine strikeouts per nine. CRA was, was dirt low at 225. Ground ball rate in the 40, about 40%, somewhere in the 40s. So Suedo's been solid. Okay, I, I, I have a, just a gut feeling. I don't know why. Call me crazy, but he's going to slide a little bit. He's going to slide. This is a guy who a year ago, year and a half ago, we were saying, this guy's an ace. He's top 12. He's top 15. You're not hearing that. You're not hearing that. Because of that, you're going to be able to steal him potentially. Maybe in an NL only, you get him for a few dollars cheaper than you thought you could have. Or maybe as you're sitting there on draft day and you're like, go, Johnny Suedo's still on the board. What's going on? You gobble him up. Giants have also added Jeff Samarja. Now, you know, he, he, he logs innings, right? 200 innings a, a, a season. But he got a contract that some people uh, scratched their head and wondered why. And it becomes a situation similar to some other guys. Is who is Jeff Zamarja? Now, I look at Jeff Zamarja, and, and, I, and I know everybody, you know, they, they, they love to look at the sabermetrics and things like this. I look at Jeff Zamarja. He, he's a losing pitcher, bottom line. 2011, uh, 2012, 9 and 13. 2013, 8 and 13. 2014 between two teams, 7 and 13. Last season for the White Sox, 11 and 13. You know what this guy's going to do? He's going to lose 13 games for you. <laughs> Four years in a row. Now, some disturbing numbers last season for the White Sox. A, a big drop in K rate. This is a guy with the Cubs who was about nine Ks per nine innings. 2014, between the Cubs and Oakland, he had about eight, a little over eight Ks per nine. Now, last season in Chicago, he goes under seven, 6.86. Walk rate was fine. Big drop in ground ball percentage. 2014, 50%. Last season for the White Sox, 39%. Home runs per nine went up. ERA skyrocketed. But the ERA has been inconsistent all along. You know, just go back to 2011, 297. 2012, 381. 2013, 434. 2014, 299. Everybody thought he was putting it together a little bit. Then last season for the White Sox, he was 496. He's an inconsistent pitcher. Not the ideal scenario. He's going to get mixed league love. He's a must-own in an NL-only format, but, but temper expectations for him because he is an unknown. The one thing you do know is 13 losses, and I do know a K per nine that's gone down, and a home run per nine that's gone up, and a ground ball percentage that's gone down, and an ERA that's all over the map. So be careful with Zamarja. Giants overpaid to get him, but they're making a run. He slides in as their third starter. Okay, he's going to show glimpses of excellence. He's going to get hit a little bit at times. How does he fare in a game where he travels to Colorado? How does he fare against Arizona with Pollock and Goldschmidt and, and Tomas? How does he fare against the, the Dodgers offense? You know, these are legitimate questions here that you have to worry about, Zamadra. Jake Peavy. Veteran, number four starter. We know what he is. He's solid. Uh, seven Ks per nine inning type of guy. Not many walks. Does he stay healthy? That's the question point mark at this point. Matt Cain trying to come back. You know, I, I miss the Matt Cain who was at one time dominant. 
Don't know if he ever reclaims that, so stay away there. Heston, uh, he's in that situation dependent upon Kane. Don't forget, this is a guy who no-hit the Mets last year. Possible NL-only type of pitcher for the Giants there. Like the top, Bumgarner-Suedo. That's a legit one-two combination. So Marge is a question mark there for the San Francisco Giants. San Diego Padres, and I, I got to be I tell you, some of these Padres pitches, and one name in particular, I, I, we've heard a lot about them, and it might be time to move on. I know it's been Andrew Kashner is the name that comes to mind. He's somebody that guys I play with have had a crush on Andrew Kashner for a long time. Just because you've had a crush on the person doesn't mean the person's ever going to really become everything you thought they were going to be. You know, everybody waits for him to become that ace. The ace, the ace, the ace. He was a first-round pick in 2008, 19th overall. Well, you know what, folks? He's now 29 years old, and he has not become that ace. Yeah, he'll show you glimpses of 95 miles an hour on the black. But you know what? The truth is about Kashner, 8Ks per nine. To me, the magic number for walk rate is three walks per nine. He was over three last year. Pitched to a 434 ERA. And he lost 16 games. He was 6-16. and 16. Over the last two seasons for the Padres, he's 11-23. and 23. Now, his K rate went up from 2014 to 2015. So did his walk rate, though. He walked one more batter per nine innings. Okay, his home runs per nine went up. So, so uh, and it's funny. I, I have people, I can envision people's faces who have... Loved Andrew Kashner and waited for Andrew Kashner. Uh, I'm on the boat. I left Kashner back on the dock. I've moved on. Yeah, I'm, I'm not interested in Kashner in a mixed league in any way, shape, or form. NL only league has a little bit of a different feel. So maybe you invest in an auction, a couple of bucks on Andrew Kashner, and hope for the best. But I, I just can't. I can't hope for that anymore. You know, to me in San Diego, I'd rather have a little bit more of the consistency of a James Shields, or my view, the underratedness of Tyson Ross. Okay, I think Tyson Ross flies under the radar. I mean, he's a strikeout per inning type of guy. Okay, and and, and somebody who I'm definitely more interested in. You know, when I look at Ross's numbers, and I've been a Ross owner. Okay, he's a 500 pitcher when you talk about his record. But 2013, when he first broke through in in San Diego. Eight and a half Ks per nine. Last in the twenty fourteen, just under nine Ks per nine. Last season he basically goes up one more K per nine. He's just under ten Ks per nine. Now the downside to Ross is the walk rate has also gone up as those strikeout rates have gone up. Three point one seven, three thirty one, and last season at three eighty six. That hurts. You're talking if we're, if for, for my math friends out there, you're talking four rounding that up to four walks per nine innings. That's brutal. 10Ks and four walks. The problem is with those walks, it's tough to stay in games very long. That's the reason he didn't reach 200 innings, fell short of it second year in a row. Okay, but his ERA was 326. year before was 281. So he keeps a decent ERA. He keeps the K. He can get the K when you need it, when you want it. He's the pot pitcher on San Diego that I want. He's the San Diego starter I'm interested in. Somebody's going to look at that and go 10 and 12. Da, da, da. Look at that K rate, 10 Ks per nine, and it's climbing for the last three seasons. Okay, If he can even cut those walks down by half, he's only 28 years old. If he could cut those walks, 
cut a half a walk down. Get that walk rate down to just three instead of 386. That's going to have a significant impact on his numbers. I don't know how many wins he's going to get. This Padre team's in flux a little bit. But he's truly the best pitcher on this San Diego team. James Shields is a veteran, uh, provides some stability. You know, everything you'd want out of that veteran type of starting pitcher. Okay, he's another guy. He's going to give you 200 innings. Eight or nine Ks per nine innings. A lower walk rate, potentially, than Tyson Ross. Okay, but he's not the same big game James Shields that he was in his in his heyday with the Rays, uh, you know, when the Rays had him and David Price and, and whatnot. Okay, last season for the Padres when they signed him away from Kansas City, won 13 games, 9.5 Ks per nine. Now, you see the jump. It's fascinating. Here's a guy in James Shields who's 34 years old. His first season, and people say, oh, I, you know, American League to the National League, how much of an impact does it really have? Folks, he's 34 years old. He's been pitching in the big league since 2006. He's never had a, a K per nine inning rate of more than 8.82. And that was in 2012 with the race. When he went 15-10, and 10, he had an 8.82 Ks per nine innings. Last season, 2015, his first season in the National League, his K rate goes to 9.61. Don't tell me that for certain pitches, the jump from the American League to the National League doesn't have an impact, because it clearly did. Clearly did. In his two seasons with the Royals, he averaged 7.71 Ks per nine and then 7.14 Ks per nine. He struck out two and a half more batters last season in 2015 than he did in 2014 per nine innings. Somebody said about that. Now, his walk rate climbed as well, scary high to 3.6. Home runs per nine went up to one and a half. Have, hasn't seen that number since 2010. And his ERA was high for him at 391. Okay? However, he's going to strike out batters. He's the ace of the step. And here's the other thing about James Shields. You spend a few dollars on him in, a, in an auction, in an NL only, you probably spend a little bit more. You draft him in a mixed. At the very least, you don't have to worry about him going on the disabled list. In 2006, he made 21 starts. Since then, in 2007, his lowest number of starts was 31, and that was in 2007. Every year after that, it's either been 33 or 34. Takes the ball every five days. It's going to give you over 200-something innings every five days uh, over the course of the season. And a big number in case. Now, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I I can't round up and say I'm going to expect 10 Ks per nine innings out of James Shields again. But the, but the uh, National League effect was evident last year with him. Tyson Ross, James Shields, I like him for San Diego. Um, in a mixed league, NL only league, obviously you pay a little bit more. Cashner's an NL only type of option. Robbie Erlin, Brandon Maurer, uh, Morrow, Brandon Maurer, and Morrow. Don't get them confused on draft day. Those are NL only guys. Deep, deep mixed league guys. Um, if you're doing an NFBC and you're drafting an, an ungodly amount of players, Things like that, that's where those type of players come into effect. Okay? Continuing the National League, we'll move over down to the Pirates. I, I, I don't know with this team. You know, Garrett Cole's an ace, we know that. Francisco Liriano is underrated. But really, in my opinion, then three, four, and five, you've got to wait for some of these kids. 
John Neese, they gave up, they got John Neese for Neil Walker. To me, that's a win for the Mets in that trade. Uh, Mets, I, I think they would have settled for a lot less than Neil Walker. I think they were thrilled they were able to get him. Jeff Locke, Ryan Vogelsong. I mean, none of these guys are striking out more than six batters per nine innings. So I'm not going gaga over them. Their walk rates could be high. What you really got to count on are a couple of kids. Tyler Glass now, Jamison Talon. Uh, these young kids need to come up and make an impact for the Pirates. So keep an eye on the prospect. This is one team where, where the prospects have, have really the pull here. In a super deep league, maybe you take a flyer on one of these two young kids and hope they come along this season. Because I don't know how long you can count on Ryan Vogelsong as your number five starter. Or James Locke as your number four. So Glasnow, Jameson, they come up, I'm all in on them. If you don't take them in a small NL-only league or a small mixed league, save some auction money. Save, save some fab money for them because they might be worth the investment. They will be worth the investment. These are super talented kids. Glass now, you can project Glass now for eight or nine Ks per nine innings. Okay? Now, we know what Garrett Cole is. Garrett Cole is an ace. Okay? He's dealing with a little rib thing this spring. Nothing that I'm too worried about. Okay? But Garrett Cole has been a steady player since he's come up. 25 years old, hard thrower. Last season he won 19 games. But when you look at these other numbers, the K rate, 9 in 2014, 8.74 last year. Walk rate went down last year, which is significant by, by 7 tenths of a batter per game, 261 to 1.9. You like that. Home run per nines went down. The bat bit went down. Ground ball rate stayed the same. Big drop in ERA. Big drop in ERA. Big drop in walk rate. That's no coincidence in my opinion. Now, Francisco Liriano, he's kind of refound himself. I mean, I remember Liriano when he first broke up. He was the next big thing. Woof, was he the next big thing. Injury slowed him down, but he's kind of now found himself again in Pittsburgh. And I, I think he's somebody you can rely on. Okay? He's a good ground ball pitcher. Led the National League in ground ball uh, in double plays last year. So he could get the ground ball when he leaves it. Does get runners on base, but he gets out of it. You know, when you look at Liriano last season and in 2014, okay, he's always been a strikeout guy, and that's maintained. 2014, he struck out 9.7. 2015, 9.88. His walk rate went down last season, but it was still too high in my opinion. 2014, it was abysmal, 4.5. Last season, he cut it by one, almost by over one walk per nine, got it down to 338. 51% ground ball rate. ZRA's been exactly the same two years in a row. Okay. 2013 with the Pirates, he won 16 games. Again, 9Ks per nine, three and a half walks. That's what Liriano is. He's 9Ks, he's three, four walks per game. Okay, he's going to give you, produce you plenty of ground balls. He's going to give you some strikeouts, but he's going to drive your whip a little crazy with those walks. So expect that, deal with that. If that's a trade-off you're willing to make, the whip for the walks... The whip for the K's, uh, uh, you'll be all right with Francisco Liriano. Keep an eye, though, in Pittsburgh on the kids. Tyler Glass now somebody I've got an eye on. He's going to walk a few batters, but he's going to strike them out as well. Keep an eye on him. Arizona Diamondbacks. Now, this, this team's remade their rotation, right? You've got Granke, who's a stud. Um, you know, my only concern with Granke, and it goes along with what I said about Aredia, you can't draft them based on last year's numbers because they were so good that they're, they're impossible almost to duplicate. He's 32 years old. He pitched to a 166 ERA. 
I'm sorry, I, I can't. I can't draft somebody and go, I'm getting a one-and-a-half year out of this guy this year. I can't project that reasonably. There's no way you can. I mean, I, I, he could give up a full run more per game and still have an elite season, so expect that. Expect that. Two-and-a-half. You know, I told you your starting pitcher was going to give you two-and-a-half. You'd be thrilled. Okay? And that's where granky has been. That's where granky has been. Granky, in fact, for his career... It's a 335 ERA. That's where he's been for his career. Okay, last season was tremendous. Uh, Cy Young uh, worthy. But the truth is, just not duplicatable. Is that a word? Duplicatable? I don't even know if that's a word. But it's not duplicatable. Uh, If it's not a word, I just created it. Okay? You know, his seasons before that with L.A. were, were... 271, 263, 15 wins, 17 wins. His K rate stays in that 8 range. 2013, it was over 7.5. Then it went over 9. Last year, it was at 8. What's impressive about him is that walk rate just continues to drop. It just continues to drop. And it was never that high to begin with. It was always in the twos. Well, now we've got two seasons in a row below two. That's significant. That's significant. So as that walk rate comes down, you see it's amazing, right? You, you wish you could tell some of these young pitchers that. Get that walk rate down, and everything falls in line. And that's what Granky's been able to do now. But the, the 166 ERA, just not repeatable. I guess that would be the word. He had a 276 FIP. That's more in line of where he was. So that's what I'm expecting. I draft Zach Granky on draft day. I'm saying, give me 15 wins in a two and a half, and I'm happy. Don't draft him expecting one and a half. Just don't draft him expecting one and a half. Okay. Shelby Miller, we know about his torturous season last year for uh, uh, for Atlanta. He's been saved now by Arizona. I mean, they gave up a lot to get him. They gave up the number one pick in the draft last season, who Atlanta is thrilled to have. Dansby Swanson, I believe the name is. Okay. Shortstop. But they wanted Shelby Miller. They got Shelby Miller. He's going to be the second starter on this Arizona team. And, you know, obviously you should have better luck. When you have Paul Goldschmidt and A.J. Pollock in your lineup, you should have better luck. This is a guy who lost 17 games last year with a 302 ERA, a 345 whip, uh, uh, FIP, I should say. k has been steady since he's broken in with the Cardinals in 2013. 878, 625, and then last year got it back up to 7.5. Give me 7 Ks per nine. Walks are about three per nine. Again, that's a magic number for me. Makes me a little nervous. But lowest DRA of his career was last season. And statistically, wins and losses, it was terrible. He's always taken the hill, though. Since he came up in 2013 as a full-time starter, 31, 31, and 33 starts. Last season, he finally cracked the 200-inning mark. Okay. ERA was about a ha- uh, uh, home runs per nine innings was about uh, 0.5. So he cut that from when he was with the Cardinals. Okay, statistically, last season was probably his best year, other than the wins and losses. And that's just bad luck. That's just bad luck. Shelby Miller is the reason why you don't chase wins in fantasy baseball. Last season, if there was a poster I could make, that would be it. Patrick Corbin is back from Tommy John surgery. Okay, uh, came back last year, was not. You know, he was a typical Tommy John surgery guy. He came back, had some control issues, okay? 
Fastball percentage was pretty good, though. He looked overall, he looked pretty good. So now he's back. You know, at the start of the season, he was going to have to be the ace. Arizona made a few moves. He slides into that number three spot. You know, before he got hurt in 2013, he won 14 games, struck out about, uh, just on the eight batters per nine. Walk rate was fine in the twos. Pitched with 341 ERA. Last season, 360 ERA, but the, the caves per nine went up, and the walks per nine went down to 1.8. 16 starts, he looked okay. The back of that Arizona rotation, you've got guys like Ruby, uh, Ruby De La, uh, Robbie Ray, Ruby De La Rosa, trying not to get those names confused. A couple more guys who could give you about seven to eight Ks per nine innings. Archie Bradley is there. What does Arizona end up doing with him? Josh Kalmenter is there. Tyler Wagner, Zachary Godley, a couple of young guys uh, waiting for a shot. Kalmenter's been a steady pitcher. He always seems to find his way into the Arizona rotation. And once he gets in, he doesn't leave. He's an innings eater. He gives you five, six innings of, of, of keep-me-in-the-ball-game type of pitching. Okay, Bradley was the big name. And he had some moments last year, but then he flamed out. So it's going to be interesting how he, uh, how Arizona now uses him. He, the people thought he was going to be the ace. The Marlins. Jose Fernandez stands atop the rotation. This is not going to be the Cy Young year yet for Jose Fernandez. It's a year away. You're already hearing the agent pull the same nonsense he pulled with Harvey last year, the innings limits. I think the Marlins realistically might not contend this year. I think they kind of expect not to contend. I think they maybe are a year away, they think. So that 180 innings, they're going to do their best to stick to that 180 innings that Boris is, is looking at. So it's going to be interesting to see how Fernandez is used. How are they going to manage those innings? Is he only going to go five? Are they going to skip starts? Are they going to pull the Strasburg and cut him down, uh, shut him down in August as he approaches? Going to be interesting to see. Because of that reason, Fernandez is downgraded a bit. I'm not paying big money with him in an auction. I'm not, I'm not grabbing him early. Somebody's going to grab him early. Somebody who hasn't done their research is going to grab him early. And now all of a sudden you've got your ace or your number two starter, and it's August and he's done. Or he's only pitching five innings a game. Or he's only pitching one day a week. Or he's going to go on a, a mysterious DL trip with, uh, with, a, with a, you know, a blister. And he's going to miss three starts. However they're going to do it. So Fernandez, I'm a year away from Fernandez. I'm a year away from him. They signed Chen. Useful, deep, mixed leagues at the back end of the rotation. Give you some Ks. And then, at the, and then the rest of the team. Kohler, Kozart, Phelps, these are NL-only guys, unless, like we said, it's a super deep lineup. And like I say every week, I do this show referencing the standard 12-team mixed. So if you're sitting there going, what do you mean, you know? Kohler, I, I got him you know, in my 16-team league. Well, yeah, that changes things. For this show, we keep it a little more general, 12-team. 12-team. Nicolino is there, the prospect, the young kid. They've brought in Edwin Jackson, guys like that. It's going to be interesting to see how they piece this whole thing together in Miami. It's going to be interesting. Another team that's in a rebuild here is Cincinnati. Now, here there's some guys who kind of are intriguing. You've got Descofani, who at times looked good last year. I remember picking him up in a mixed league. He had a nice little run at the start of the season. Okay? 25 years old. Okay, 
9.1 strikeouts per nine innings, 1.3 walks per nine innings over the last two months of the seasons. So, so he's an interesting option for K's. Keeps the walks down, keeps the strikeouts up. Okay, tremendous over the last two months. Finished the season with 7.36 uh, K's per nine, two and a half K, uh, walks per nine. His ERA finished over four, but his FIP was 367, won nine games. Now, this is a Cincinnati team that's going to struggle to score runs. I'm tired of Billy Hamilton, Joey Votto, Jay Bruce. They're going to try to move him. We know that. So they may struggle to score runs. But Desclafani can provide you some decent K rate uh, as a later option, definitely as an NL only option. Uh, Razio Iglesias, another one, an even better K rate than Desclafani. You're looking at a guy who could give you 9 to 10 Ks per nine innings. Throws three pitches, changes arm slots, does a lot of good things well. Last season in 16 starts, Struck out 9.82 batters per nine, 2.64 walks per nine. ERA was 4.15, but the FIP was 355. Okay. In the minors last season, uh, his K rate went up by three Ks per nine innings when he came up to the bigs. Okay. This is a guy who I can project for eight strikeouts per nine innings, nine strikeouts per nine innings. Okay, they have Michael Lorenzen, John Lambert, and then Finnegan. There's an entirely new pitching staff. Homer Bailey is there, still coming off the Tommy John. He's a huge investment. When he's healthy, he's going to be in the rotation. Finnegan they got from the Royals. Okay, but Iglesias Desclafani, sneaky plays late in the mixed league. See what they cost you in an auction. And I'll only must owns. Okay, I'd rather have those guys than some of these rocky pitchers like Jorge De La Rosa, Jonathan Gray, We've heard about Jonathan Gray for a few years. Does he finally become the prospect that everybody thinks he is? And even if he does have the talent, he's still pitching in Colorado. Chad Bettis, Jordan Lyles, Chris Russell. I mean, these are guys who you project at five or six strikeouts per nine innings, and nobody I'm tripping over to try to get. I stay clear of that Colorado pitching staff. I recommend you do the same. Uh, maybe in an NL, but even then, you know, if I had my choice, I'd stay away. I'd stay away. I'd go for some deeper guys on some other teams than I would for some of these Colorado Rockies. They've never proven to be able to build a pitching staff. They just haven't. I don't know why you would suddenly think so now. Milwaukee Brewers, there's a pitching staff that's a mess as well. Jimmy Nelson, he may give you a few Ks. Willie Peralta, Matt Garza, Chase Anderson, Tyler Jungman. Nothing here I like. Now, this is when last week I talked about the, the, the American League. And then at the start of the show, I talked about how I thought the National League pitching was better. Yeah, in the top half. and the bottom half, there's something to be desired on a lot of these teams. Okay, Peralta won 17 games two years ago, but that was a mirage. I can't count on that. Okay, Jimmy Nelson, 26, closing in on 27 years old. Okay, he has some talent. You know, 2014 in AAA, he did strike out over nine batters per nine innings. Throughout his career, he's averaged about seven and a half Ks per nine between the majors and the minors. So there is something potentially there in terms of K rate. Last season for the Brewers, he did go 11 and 13, seven and a half Ks per nine, 3.3. ERA was over four. Deep league option, NL only option type of pitcher. Nobody I'm trying to get. 
But if I'm drafting 16 teams, he's somebody, okay, uh, he's the best option here, Jimmy Nelson. He's a better option than anybody else on that team. Philadelphia. Somebody's going to draft Aaron Nola and probably draft him earlier than they should. We know he's the ace there, technically. Okay, but he's not a flamethrower. He's not one of the young guns who's coming in pumping 97. Okay, we talked about Nola a little bit with the prospect show. Okay? It's a guy who's going to give you about seven to eight strikeouts per nine and give you good control. He's not going to kill your whip. Okay, but when you look at him over his minor leagues, you know, in 2015 for the Phillies in double-A, 12 starts, he only he had less than seven Ks per nine. 2014 in double-A, he had less than six Ks per nine. Then he goes to triple-A last year, he gives you a little over nine, but in a smaller sample. Last season for the Phillies in 13 games, give you 7.88 Ks per nine. Walks, though, have always been tremendous. Always. 2014 and in 2015 at double a he was one walk per nine i mean that's outstanding goes to triple a goes to the majors a little more patient than i goes to about two walks per nine 48 percent ground ball rate era last year was solid at 359 he's not a flamethrower though so keep that in mind he's going to pitch to location he's going to pitch to contact and the problem the bigger problem he has here is he's on a terrible team so he's being thrust into a role that maybe, maybe he's not ready for as the ace of that staff. Now, now the Phillies have brought in veterans like Jeremy Hellickson to provide a little veteran leadership. Doesn't mean I'm interested in them from a fantasy perspective. Charlie Morton, Jared Eikhoff. Eikhoff is another young kid. Okay? Eikhoff is another young kid that maybe you keep an eye on. We talked about him a little bit in the prospect show as well. This is a kid who could give you seven to eight Ks per nine innings. Okay. Came up last year in an eight starch pitched well. Eight and a half, eight point six five Ks per nine, two point two nine walks, two sixty five ERA. Okay. People liked the K rate when he came up and he's shown some glimpses here and there of that in a small samples when he was coming through the Texas Rangers minor league system. This is the guy the Phillies they got in the Cole Hamels trade. Phillies have him slated for the back of the rotation. Uh, I'm not jumping all over him, but like I said, he's someone to keep an eye on. Maybe a waiver wire type of play. They've added Mark Capel, the former first-round pick, uh, from Houston in the Ken Giles trade. This is a Phillies rotation that I can see easily being in flux throughout the season. Other than Aaron Nola at the top, you're going to see guys come in and out. So just be aware of it and keep an eye on the situation there in Philadelphia. And finally, the Atlanta Braves. Another young staff that's not ready for prime time. They're in a transition period here. Julio Tehran is at the is, is the so-called ace. And it wasn't too long ago that people were tripping over themselves to try to get him uh, on their fantasy teams, okay? Struggles against lefties. Lefties hit him well, okay? There's a guy last season in 2015, pitched to an ERA over four for the first time since he's been in the bigs as a regular starter. 2013 and 2014, he won 14 games each year. His ERA was respectable both years, 3.2, 289. Last season, he got hit a little bit. It was a 404 ERA. The FIP was 440, so it wasn't outrageous. 
Okay, when he was basically a rookie in 2013, he did strike out more than eight batters per nine innings. Since then, it's gone down to about seven and a half. And the walk rate went up last year, whereas it was respectable in 2013 and 14 at about two. Last season, it went up over three, three, three and a quarter. Okay, he gave up more home runs last year. The home runs climbed up over 1.2 per nine innings. Ground ball rate stayed the same. Home run fly ball ratio, though, last season was the highest of his career as well. Okay, this is a guy who's going to give you seven to eight Ks per nine. His ERA should go down a little bit. Hopefully he gets that ERA on the three. He's a back-of-the-rotation starter right now, in my view, in a mixed league, NL only, a little more value, obviously. But other than that, Bud Norris, I've done the Bud Norris dance. I'm off of that. I've moved on. Whistler, Perez, Manny Benuelos, former Yankee, and a lot of young kids that probably aren't ready for prime time and aren't going to make a major impact this season for the Atlanta Braves on what should be a struggling year, although the Braves have one of the top, if not the top, minor league system right now in baseball. So they're not going to be far away. So in your dynasty league, keep an eye on Atlanta. But in your seasonal league, this is not the season you're going to get much help. They're another year or two away there, though, uh, from really becoming a force again in the National League East. Okay, folks, but we are uh, out of time already. I just looked at the clock. My goodness, I've been blabbering for an hour. So I uh, want to thank everybody for listening today to our National League uh, pitching staff starting pitching preview. Uh, if you missed uh, last week's show on the American League, be sure to go to iTunes and check that out. Check out all the old baseball shows on iTunes. Just do a little search for the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show. Comment, rate, uh, uh, subscribe to the station. I do appreciate it, uh, as I always do. Don't forget, you could follow the show on Twitter at A Aniano Fantasy. Follow it on Facebook at the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show. Tuesday nights, 9 o'clock, um, I work the Roto Baller Fantasy Sports Show, Tuesdays at 9. My co-host, Real Talk Raft, that's always fun. Uh, we'll be going preview in, uh, I think, the shortstop position this upcoming Tuesday night. So make sure you tune into that and tune into this show every weekend, usually Saturday, sometimes Sunday mornings. Follow on Twitter and Facebook to know the exact date. And uh, we'll continue to prepare and talk baseball. You know, this show is not all about fantasy baseball. I just like to talk baseball. And anybody who wants to talk baseball, tune in, chat room it, call in. Let's just talk baseball. Let's talk it all summer long because that, to me, is a good time. That's a good way to spend an hour or so of my day. That's for sure. Thank you, everybody, for listening, whether live or on demand. I do appreciate it, as I always do. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, folks. And we'll see you next weekend here. Have a great one, folks. Have a good one. I keep saying that.